Yo, and hello, I'm Vinny Potestivo. This is I Have a Podcast, and you are in for a treat because in today's episode, we are talking to Christina Milian, who I met in 2001 on her very first day on TRL with her hit single, AM to PM. Throughout the years, Christina has consistently earned her triple threat status from hit singles to box office hits. And if you take a glimpse at her Instagram profile right now, you'll see she's making some boss moves with a really diverse portfolio of businesses spanning cybersecurities, fine jewelry, baby gear, a lip tint, and even, and get this, the world-famous beignet box, which I know a lot of my LA friends rant and rave about. We talk about writing J-Lo's play, We talk about the time that I introduced her to Janet Jackson, true story, and we talk about so much more. But for us, it all starts at TRL. I am so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Do you remember your first video on TRL, like the first moment that happened? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was the best and kind of like, it was actually like, it was the best moment ever, but it was like in a very hard time. Cause it was literally the weekend of um of Aaliyah's passing. Um, it had just happened that weekend, and of course, like I'm legendary Aaliyah. Like I was a fan, always will be forever. Like she's like I looked up to her, um, and had so much respect for her. And so that weekend, she had actually um, you know, passed, and I was going on TRL on that Monday. And I remember calling the record label the second I found out about everything. And I was like, guys, I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on. Like I cried. I was like, I cried, you know, because of her her passing. And then on top of that, I was like, I felt this immense guilt to like go on TRL. Of course, the biggest moment of my life, but like go on there and be like, hey, here's my new music video. (laughs) It was, but they decided to still go with it. And they were like, no, I guess they had a talk with MTV and like everybody said they, they still wanted to be able to cheer people up because it, everybody was so sad. And, and, and so like, they still wanted me to still go on there, premiere my video. And uh, I still ended up doing it. I, I tried everything in my power to make sure I didn't like, it was just, I just wanted to, you know, keep in good spirits, but I wanted to do it tastefully. And I think P Diddy was um, hosting. And so it was a rough, it was rough, a a rough celebration, (laughs) but it was, it was cool because it was like, this is everything I'd ever dreamed of. And it was finally happening. But, um, but that was kind of taken away because I just really had so much respect for her family and everybody. I didn't want people to think that I was like just disrespecting her memory or disrespecting her, you know? Yeah. What an overwhelming emotional. Totally. (laughs) Super. Like and, then, and to be like yeah, smiling right. and be like, to go from one to the other, like they ask you a question about that and then be like, so tell us about your video. <laughs> I mean, it's the name of the, it's the business. And, but I, I will, I will say in the heart of what they said with like cheering people up, it's true. You have the youth who are watching television and they looked to TRL, they looked to MTV to like, you know, at the end of the, of a school day, even like a bad school day, you're dealing with a bunch of crappy other like other kids that are all dealing with puberty and you're like I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go watch my some music videos like it's such a good feeling so I understand the power that music is as an influence to people to help make them feel better so yeah it was um I never talked about that that's my first time actually talking about that um uh yeah so it's cool I appreciate (laughs) you sharing that no of course it meant something to me I always think about it and and I've talked about it for a couple years amongst my friends so yeah even though that that was your first video you know on the countdown and 
was that by the was that AM to PM? That it was like, AM to PM, yeah. Yeah, AM to PM is so cool. <laughs> oh my God, so cool. It's like the one that, you know, everyone's, you have a good shower song. Like, that's a good shower song. Oh, it's that. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had this sense of family. Like, there's th- this this piece as an artist that everyone wants to serve. They want to make money and be seen and grow an audience yeah. and be famous there and be powerful. And then there are these artists like you who I connect to immediately where you see the family component in this. Like, yeah. you know... Hey, I'm, you know I'm me and my mom since day one. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> since the day I met you, I've always had family, the family element. My mom helped manage me as well. Like throughout the years, even when I did stuff with MTV, I remember like my aunt, she lived in New Jersey, uh, New York. Well, she lived in Jersey, but worked in New York. And like during like break, her break, her lunch break, she would go to TRL and she like pass around CDs. Like everybody met my aunt. Everybody met, of course, my mom. And in time, they met my sister. So I've like family is a big part of who I am. And it's still like is to this day. So I know you were born in Jersey City and I, yeah. I think you, you grew up majority in Maryland, right? Yes, I grew up. Well, I grew up back and forth. It was like Jersey City. I was born in Northburg in New Jersey, but I used to go back and forth to Maryland and New Jersey because I've been acting and singing and everything since I was a kid. So even while we lived in Maryland, and my, it was because my dad was in the military, even while we lived there, my mom and my dad, but a lot my mom, she would uh, drive oh, yeah. back and forth to New York for auditions and like Broadway plays and all that stuff that I used to do back in the day. And so we would always still be like see our relatives. And so I felt like I had like this little street vibe because I was like, oh, I got this Jersey North Bergen street vibe when I went back to Maryland where it was all Southern and kind of like, not Southern, but everybody was kind of like, it was kind of stale where I lived. Um, so I came back and I would be like the Jersey girl. There is no magic formula for success in the entertainment industry, but there are many, many paths that will lead to success. Christina learned that following her truth and telling her story plays a key role in her self-discovery as an artist and an entrepreneur. Well, okay. So by way of, so like when I was 13, I did move to Los Angeles with my my mom and my sisters for my career. It was for my acting career. Always wanted to be a singer, but I didn't know how to get in the business. Like I just used to hear stories about how people got discovered. I'd be like, oh, so Mariah Carey was a waitress and -and so-and-so was on the street and this, that, you know, you would hear all these stories or else you have to go on like start, start, not Star Wars. What's that show? Star Search. Um, Star Search. <laughs> I was like, someday I'll go on Star Search, you know. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and you moved so, to Oakwood, right? Is that where yeah, you like? That's you what it was. Got, I moved yeah, in yeah. the Oakwood apartments. And it was literally mm-hmm. there that I started to discover and meet people that were in the music industry. Um, one of them being Rodney Jerkins, who's a huge music producer now, but it was early in his time. Um, he was like 18. And um Basically, people would literally just kind of discover me. They would come over and they'd be like, do you sing? Are you in a group? And I'd always be like, yes, I sing. And then next thing you know, I'd start bursting into song. But at the time, it would be like an Italian opera, like operatic, or it would be like a Broadway song. So I was not singing pop music because I was raised, um, you know, all my vocal lessons were piano lessons and for opera and for Broadway. So I had, it took me a while to get like, tone it down, bring it down, get to the pop influence, but working with people like Rodney Jerkins and especially so early, it's kind of like, it helped groom us both. And then he's so talented. It helped groom me into like developing, figuring out like my own style. It took some time, but it was there. But yeah, so I I was working with people and then eventually, like when I was 17, my mom and I were like, all right, let's take this seriously. You're about to be 18. 
et cetera, et cetera. Somebody found out I sang. I was taking like a music course at um, Valley College and I met somebody there and they were like, oh, I work with a record label and so on and so forth. Basically, I ended up getting an attorney who got me like a couple different labels um, excited about me flying and they flew me to New York. And I basically met with Jeff Fenster, which Jeff Fenster was my A&R at um, Island Def Jam, ended up being my A&R, but I was excited about him because Jeff Fenster was known for being Britney's A&R and um, a couple different, I mean, Backstreet Boys, like a lot of amazing people. And um, then I also met with Sony at the time and they had like, you know, they were just starting J-Lo's um, music and Shakira and, um, you know, of course they have Mariah. Anyway, so I met with them both and um, Island Def Jam ended up offering me a deal, which is exactly where I wanted to be. And especially with Jeff, like he was right up my lane and I decided to go with Jeff Fenster. So that's really like the, when it all started, I like, I was finally 18 by the time I signed my record deal and it all happened, you know, you can either be on the shelf for a while or it can happen pretty quick. It happened in a moderately, qu- moderately quick time. So it was, it was pretty exciting. When the songs that were being written for Christina weren't reflecting the story she wanted to be telling, she took matters into her own hands and she started writing her own story using her own words. She then went on to write for other great artists because people wanted to hear the songs that Christina was telling. And were you, so you're writing your own music at this point already? You're writing your own music? I was co-writing with people. I never had, at that time, I didn't really have the courage to do my own, like, uh, yet. But I did, don't get me wrong, but I did need to turn in a demo to the record labels. And I couldn't make a demo that I liked with any other writers. So my mom told me, you have to write. And I was like, I don't want to write. And she's like, you have to write it. At least it'll be something you can relate to. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. She's like, if you could read, you could write. So I literally started studying like music writers. I studied everyone from like the Beatles to Missy Elliott and just discovered like, how do you do a chorus? How do you do a verse? Like verse, chorus, verse, bridge, this, that. And so, so I started figuring out the sequence and then I was, and then I started to figure out like, how do you write a story? And the best, the best way is just based off of your own, you know, your own experience. So I, I ended up making my own demo. Um, that I wrote myself. It was a song called What You Gonna Do. <laughs> I don't know what you gonna do about it. Oh man. Anyways, obviously it's that memorable if it's still in my head 21 years later. So um, but that helped me get my record deal. So I, that's that was the start of my writing because everybody that I would write with before that would just write songs that were just all about like goo goo gaga. I love boys. I love this guy. Like I've got his picture on my wall. Like or talking about sex. And I wasn't ready for any of that kind of conversation. And I definitely wasn't like goo goo gaga over a guy. I was like all about like independent and like doing my thing. And I wanted to be that voice for the girls. So I and that's how I fell into writing. Oh my god! Wait, I, I can see your mom totally like. Oh yeah, Chris, like, Christina. <laughs> you can do it. Yes, and she was right. That's one thing that woman has she encouraged is. me to do something. She's always right. Unfortunately, I feel like. Did, did, is there like a story also about how you when you wrote um, uh, uh, hey, hey, yeah, play right? Like it was like yeah. they were like basically on their way over for it, and you're yeah. like, yeah, it's it's here. I got it. Yeah. Well, I was in Sweden working on my first album and I had just the week before I had written and recorded AM to PM with Bloodshy and Avant. And so we were like 
on a high off of AM to PM. And then like a week later, I was supposed to work with Anders Bag. And so I worked with them and it was on my birthday. They said, they gave me the track and I was supposed to come in with the, the lyrics and I didn't do it. It was my birthday. It was my 18th or 19th birthday, 18 or 19. I think it was 19th birthday. And I didn't write the song because I was out like at Fridays having drinks with my friends and in Sweden and having a good time. So before I went to the studio, I played the track. I opened my computer. Like I wrote like the quickest like nursery rhymes of a song, honestly. And um, went to the studio. They were like, "We love it." I was like, "All right, cool." So I recorded it. And then um, and then like the label got it, and, and I was like, "There's no way they're gonna take AM to PM and play. They're both like two similar songs. Like they're about partying." And next thing you know, Tommy Matola had happened to fly to Sweden to meet with Anders Bag, and he heard the song, and he's like, "I want this for J Lo." And so like I was in the other room and I just worked with some other people and I heard that he wanted the song. I was like, what? No way. No way. He's like, yes, I want that as a single. And I was like, wow. I was only, what, 18, turning 19? Like that was the best birthday present ever in life. And like that's what really helped me to like write for other people. I started writing for other people too. Yeah, like the confidence you get after Hello. that. Hello. Sure, right? Jayla's second album and ended up being her second single is pretty crazy. But more importantly for you, like what a perfect time for that to come into your yeah. career. So you yeah. can. It's a part of the story a- and there's a lot of respect that goes. It's not just like a cookie. I wasn't a cookie cutter artist. Like I really was taking my time to write songs um, and really be a part of music. And that's pretty much what I dreamed of. So I didn't want to ever be just like some artist that was just like made. Like I helped make myself and it did take hard work. So yeah, it was a good time for that. I mean, and, and some of that is talent, you know, in the room and people yeah. have a vibe and there's like an emotional judge on talent and like, oh, she can do it. You also, not only did you like sort of um, have their hearts by by growing into this opportunity with them, but you also now had like data <laughs> that said you can write a hit song like that, yeah. that empowers them to let you be because you mentioned some of the earlier artists, especially at Sony and like those people who were kind of onboarding their careers in the early 2000s, they didn't get to write their music and they're just as talented. Yeah. What a cool. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. I think um, for me, because I wasn't able to create the stuff that other people were trying to make for me, I didn't want to be, a persona that was not myself so that it, writing really worked out for me but i'm a strong believer also and if you find a hit you got a hit it's about what you got if you can find a hit and you didn't even write it but you bring the emotion you bring the feeling you bring the real you know you make it feel relatable that's a huge talent in itself too and i mean even i mean dip it low i didn't write that song that was teacher moses and she's a fantastic writer and she, i remember when i heard that song i felt like it was mine i felt like it belonged to me and i i'm so glad that obviously we found that record because i was looking for it for the longest i couldn't i was making so many songs for like a year trying to figure out my single and that i came across that one and just knew so yeah, it's sometimes it's like your A and R. It's really important to have the best A and R too, or management that's gonna like find the best records for you and really be meticulous and picky about what's what your sound is. Teamwork makes the dream work. It takes a lot of people to make a star. It takes A and R, talent, and building out a brand and a story of a person that people can connect with. Doors don't magically appear. They're built by the people you connect and collaborate with. You know, it all started to make sense. And MTV had a huge part to do with that. You had a big part to do with that. Because like you said, Uh, talent development. I mean, first off, anybody who grew up in this era, you guys know, like Vinny, like 
the people behind the scenes were also the were, were stars of making the stars. Because like you guys would do interviews and talk about like these epic moments, you know, behind the MTV Music Awards, this, that, like you guys, like... Yeah, like I grew up watching my are. boss and those people, right? The, like yeah. the, the people who created MTV, this footage of them. I loved watching those MTV. Yes, movies. me too. And Walking so down the hallway guys, with Kurt Loder is like so unreal, by the way. What an exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's like when, when you know, somebody like you took me under your wing and brought me into MTV and really like, because there's one thing to just have a music video on it to play and just kind of be it's like a special guest every now and then that's like books mm-hmm. to come and just like show show your face. But I really had like a really good like ca- character person development as far as like for my fans via MTV. So being on MTV wannabes, remember Wanna- becoming presents yes. wannabes. And I had what I did over, I forgot how many episodes. We did a crazy amount of episodes of that show. Um, we should like five shows a day. Yeah, it was like right? I want to say like ninety. I don't. We did something stupid. I don't even know how we did so many damn, or maybe thirty. It could be less. I don't want to exaggerate, <laughs> but doing that helped me to get in the movie Torque because one of the judges was um, was um, uh, the director, and then also the being on MTV so consistently too. That's what helped me greenlight. Love Don't Cost a Thing, which then we got Nick Cannon and everything like that. And that's what got me my first lead role, which was like, I'd been auditioning my whole life just to be the girl, like the best friend in a movie or just to be girl number two, girl number four. Like there were not roles for characters like myself or girls like me. So when that opportunity came and it came because of MTV and it came from like, it was like MTV really like, I I can't thank them more and I can't thank you more um, for what you've actually done and helped do with my career as well. I appreciate that. But I mean, we made some good pop culture. I mean, like people still talk about that wannabe show. Like, hell yeah. Like they were I like. I on YouTube I, sometimes. Vinny, I weren't, know, you with me? weren't you with me when I met Janet Jackson? Yes. You brought <laughs> yes. me down yes. to meet Janet Jackson. That yeah. was okay. That was my idol. And still, I love her to this day. But I remember meeting with you and I was, I forgot who it was. I know exactly who it is. And I remember her. She's got dark hair. And I'm so sorry. I don't remember her name. But we were having a meeting and I remember you guys said, you know, Janet's downstairs. She's going to go on TRL. She's surprising everybody. She has a new music video. You want to meet her? And I was like, and I remember being like, no way. And I, I remember you walked me down. You walked me to the room and it was like she was glow. It was like, she, it was like this. She had a halo over her head. I walked in that freaking room and like I started, I, like I couldn't, I couldn't speak. She was like a goddess. And I, I remember the second I was done talking to her, she said that she'd seen me on MTV and she'd seen my video. I was like, <laughs> and when she left, I was, cr- I cried for two hours straight. Vinny, you did that. I, I oh hope you remember God. this. And not, I know I remember I, 100% this. 100% I remember. I, remember I know exactly life. when it was. I cried for two hours straight. Happiest tears ever in my life. Music videos, MTV, people were watching. Families were watching. Filmmakers were watching. And hard work pays off when you can find the right people to believe in you. And being on TV helped Christina get in front of the right people who fast-tracked her film career. That's the coolest thing. I love that. I loved having access to that studio to be able to make moments like that happen. If I was in that building and I had the access to the people that I had access to and I only did what I was supposed to do, we would yeah. have never accomplished what we accomplished. Yeah. The way you guys went up and down and <laughs> like you made stuff happen outside, and inside, just, going up. That's the thing, right? Like that's the part that was fun was like the part yeah. outside. By the way, I forget in 2003, Nick also started working with me, I think 
Yeah. That's when um, he left Nickelodeon to start MTV yeah, around yep, then. And yep. Started he was doing supposed to be like, um, he out, was supposed right? to, yeah, he was supposed to be like uh, TRL. He was supposed to replace Carson, but he had this brilliant idea of a show. And I remember watching the sizzle, the sales sizzle for it. Yeah. Because I remember a certain someone else who was a star <laughs> of that sales sizzle. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, Christina Milian is the other celebrity, is the original celebrity host of like you have to buy the show this is a no-brainer oh my gosh i know well back then that's when him and i were dating he actually wrote that like uh he wrote that like i remember in my like he was on the computer in my house and he was came up with the whole concept he he wrote a couple scripts and came up with some ideas back in in those days at that time when we were together so it's like a, a really cool time because it's like uh we're young and like go-getters and you're you're seeing your dream come to life but it takes the work to put it you gotta put yeah. in the work to actually make it happen so and if you didn't just star in love don't you all did you also produce right love don't cost i wish i did oh my gosh gotcha. i wish i did it was early on i just started in it yeah but that's where that's what set the bug off to start creating keep going with producing your own pieces right absolutely i mean for sure especially acting wise like to continue to do roles like it takes time to build that and like now i'm starting to produce more things and there's more opportunities for that but i had to prove myself and so um you know the exposure really helped me get like larger roles and stuff um, and the exposure on Netflix, as I'm like, literally every single page I flip to is resort to love, like literally every oh, single, it, it might be the fact that I watch it in completion a couple of times. So that's, I know that sends a signal. Um, how do you pick these films? How do they come to you? By the way, what a gorgeous film to shoot. It looks like, Thank you. Thank hopefully you, so. you had time to experience I was, oh, I when you went. It was amazing. I was there for two, I was in Mauritius. That's where we shot it for about two months and like two extra weeks. Um, and it was beautiful. It's, I mean, Mauritius is gorgeous. We were also there during a pandemic. So it was like, what a blessing to actually be working and on an island that's like, you know, the COVID free. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're, you're a little bit, the freedom is you're allowed more freedom, but I was pregnant too. And I had my family with me. Like it was pretty much like it encompassed such a, like a, a beautiful time in my life, um, shooting that film and to be able to like do music as well as singing in it and acting. I, I love, I love to do, I love um, romantic comedy because I think it makes people feel good. Um, mm-hmm. I just also relate to those stories. I think it's fun. I, I have the heart for it. I have the, you know, I also have the, I love the laugh and I like to laugh at things. Even, you know, when something's tough, I always feel like you can get through it. And I feel like that's, that's what a romantic comedy does. Um, and then of course with Rome, uh, with resort to love, it had music. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to get back in the studio, show people I'm still singing because people ask all the time. Um, but yeah, we've seen you dance, right? We saw you dance on dancing with the stars and we see you do, we're waiting for it. We're, that's our nice way of saying, come on, Chris, when's it coming? When's it coming? I'm always like, come on, y'all are waiting for it. (laughs) But there really are people that are like, come on, just give us some music. Like we want some good Good That's melodies, it. just give it to us. So I have. I'm gonna like. So I'm calling your songs. mom. I'm gonna get her on you. Her <laughs> I have so many songs that I've written through the years. I probably have like a catalog of at least 500 songs that I've just like written and recorded, and just like you know, just didn't come out, or just like I just hold on to them forever. But you know, it's just all about timing. It's all about time. <laughs> yeah. I got Is it hard for you? It's different. Is it hard to let go of shows though? Like, do you? Do you get attached to them or are you like ready songs? for them to 
Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Songs I would love to put them out. Like sometimes, yeah. like I get attached enough that I want to put them out. Like I'm like, I would love for people to hear this, but then I'm like so confused about the business now. Like, just like things were like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound old, <laughs> but I don't understand everything. <laughs> I'm like, how do you put it out? How, like, how do you, like, how do you consider, like, how do you count that as a sale as what? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. You're um, like, what? She did it with no lead up? On, and it wasn't a Tuesday? Right? And there, there was no single? The whole album? What? Like, and the, all the videos? Wait, like, I don't understand. I'm just trying to just put it out and be like, okay, but I guess, you know, you got to do paperwork with producers and writers and all that stuff. And then that's when it gets all, like, distorted and slow and funky. But I yeah. think at some point I'll, I'll, I'll do something and put something out again. I put out an EP like four years ago in like 2016, which was pretty cool. And um, having that opportunity to do that and felt really good because I was like, I don't know. I was just, it felt it, when you have that bug in you, when you're in yeah. the studio and you're making music, there's no better feeling. Yeah. And Matt, Matt, um, he's got, a, he's a musician, right? So you've got equipment, yeah. right? Like you're not, it's not far off. <laughs> Are you off. trying to find <laughs> a way for me to get in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm inspired. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he does have equipment here. Yeah, he does. He Well, not in this house, but in our house in LA. So yeah. So I just did Step Up, Step Up High Water. It's like their season three, but it's the first season that's going to be on Stars. And yeah. um, I just based a song on there. So that's going to be cool. Maybe there. I like that. It'd be all the right. start of it all beginning all over again. <laughs> it's like a little something to wait for, like a little Easter egg. I like taste. it. So what about something that isn't in entertainment? If you've been to Los Angeles, you may have heard of the mouth-watering beignets from Beignet Box. Christina took her knowledge and life experience from the entertainment industry and launched a new food brand serving up some sweet treats. Beignet Box. Well, Beignet Box kind of came about because like me and my, my best friend were roommates and we wanted to, like, we're both like go-getters, but she was like in... She's in marketing. She used to work with like Ed Hardy and Christian Odigier. And then eventually she just started like working in foundations. Like that's her passion is working with foundations and doing like events and raising money for, um, for, uh, for charities. And so I used to like, you know, one of the charities that she had, it was called, um, gosh, it's hope, 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 something, hope, hope, hope for the holidays. There you go. Hope for the mm -hmm. holidays. So every holiday she would have a gala in new Orleans and we basically throughout the whole year would raise money so that we could rebuild homes in Louisiana. And that's where she's from. She's from Louisiana. So we would go to the gala in Louisiana. And of course, in Louisiana, you got to go have a po' boy. You got to go get some beignets. You got to drink all night. You got to get some beads. I don't know how you're going to get them, but you got to get them. So <laughs> One you got to get them off camera. Out. That's how you got to get them. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that always stood out was me and my girlfriend said, let's go get beignets. Let's go get some beignets. Like we ate beignets like little pigs. <laughs> and it. so we were like, we need to bring beignets to L.A. Like we were like, why don't we have been like you can't find any beignets in L.A. We were like fiending for it. And so she and I like we really thought about it. And she she came back to me. She's like, Tina, she's like, actually, you know what? Like she started to do the business business part about it and just realized like, okay, what's, what, what money do we have to put in? What comes out of it, et cetera, et cetera. And it just seemed like the right business for us. It just made sense. And our old apartment that we used to live in um, or old house we used to live in, it was called the sugar shack. We had a name for it. So we were like, let's just go with sugar shack. And then we couldn't do sugar shack because it was taken. So we had to think of something new. And we we're like, beignet box. 
Duh, it's simple, it's easy, and let's start it in LA. So um, it took a couple years. It took us like two years to really like get the idea like accomplished as far as like trademark, um, figure out a recipe, um, what we're where were we gonna start with like a brick and mortar. And then one day she called me and she's like, let's do a truck. And I was like, a food truck? Who's gonna drive it? Like, how are we gonna do this? And she's like, I just found one. We can lease it and we can see if it works out, if we like it. And I'm telling you, within three weeks, she, I was like, fine, but I, I don't know anything about driving a food truck or anything like that. She got this damn truck. She found like two people to help us out. She flew in some family and friends. And we started our beignet, uh, beignet box food truck in Studio City. And like a week later, we're on the news talking about it. And, like people were like lining up. And now we have two trucks, one in Louisiana, one in LA, and we have two shops. We have a kiosk in um, the America, a brand in Glendale, and one in Studio City, a, a shop, a cafe. So crazy. That's Who would have so thunk it? I it's never like a thought real... I would own a beignet cafe. What? And what is, so what's it like, run, like, what's it like running a business versus dropping an album? Like how, when you think about how you make money or you wrap or wrap your mind around about how to, protect your energy or is it it's the same protecting your energy is kind of rough because in in this condition of where the economy is like as far as like getting employees like people don't want to work everybody wants to be an entrepreneur so it's very hard to keep employees <laughs> long term yeah. so finding the loyalty of like a lot a lot of our employees are actually like our friends kids and it's kind of like helping grooming them as far as like watching us as uh, entrepreneurs and women who have really established this, this this company ourselves. So I think it's really inspiring for them and it shows them like how to work um, and work with people. Um, but it is uh, it's it's tough. The the the. I guess the, the work world right now, you'd say, just mm -hmm. to, but we have, I think over 65 employees now. Um, and you know, we learn stuff every day. Like people keep asking us when we're going to franchise, but we're literally like compiling all the data, just like an album. And we're figuring out like the, the, basically the blueprint before we could present it to anybody else who wants to be a franchisee. So, you know, keeping the quality up to par, making sure that we know the X, Y, Z's of it all so we can someday be a Starbucks or something of the, of the beignet world. Like, it's really yeah. important for us to make sure we get the business right. So it's it's a lot of work. My, my partner, Elizabeth Moore, she really kicks ass. And I, I don't know how she does it. I don't think sometimes I'm like... I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she does it. She does a lot of like the, the legwork, um, especially while I'm here. So I handle more of the marketing and some of the inter like the stuff with the socials and stuff while I'm here. But when I'm back home, I actually have a really good time, like even being on the truck, cooking the beignets, handling the customers. Like it's actually very fulfilling when I'm when I'm there and I'm a part of it. It's fun. It's got to be just a whole different type of uh, experience or relationship with someone who's like yeah. appreciates what you do, but also like I'm not here for you. I'm here for the beignets. I'm here please. for the like, beignets. That's the best. <laughs> a little feeling. extra I'm sugar. Like, a little extra sugar, please. Please bring it on. I love. Actually, I meet people all over the world. It's crazy. I meet people everywhere, and they've either been they they were visiting LA and they went to Beignet Box or they heard about it. But people from all over have. They talk about menu box. It's 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 pretty awesome, and I'm happy that we have good reviews. <laughs> I love it. I told our producer, I said, you know, Beverly. I said, you know, she's she's like the genius behind Beignet Box, and she's like, what? 
I was just there like two days ago. I didn't know what. Yeah. Yeah. She just moved to LA. Literally. It's like, yeah. No yeah. She's like, oh my God, you have to tell her that. I'm like, oh, yes. I know that oh, now God. I'm like, now I have to go. I remember there was cupcakes in an ATM once a long time ago. That, but this, no, like, yeah. I don't know. I, hopefully there's not lines. If not, I need yes. a VIP something. I'll, I'll show up with my TRL badge or something. <laughs> a TRL mic cube or something. Like, I'm from the 90s. And I'm like, <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's so fun, though, to to get to be in such a unique business where yeah. where where there's an, an emotional connection to what you're doing. But it's it, when you're create. I mean, when you're very creative, you're just so it's just a different connection to what you're selling. Absolutely. I would imagine. Yeah. Right. And I, I really what I love about Beignet Box, people love sugar. People love they love sweets. It makes them feel good. So even during the pandemic, like a lot of people turn to like, um, I mean, I definitely gained my, my good 15 pounds <laughs> over the pandemic. Cause I'm like, what else is there to do? Food, food makes me happy. I feel good when I eat, you know? So knowing that it's something that connects people to feeling good or like, you know, you might've had a down day, but you just had a beignet and it feels so much better. Like I, 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 I love that. And I also love the connection when I do like when I'm at the shop or I'm on the truck and I meet people like, it's actually a really, really cool feeling to actually meet people and see them happy, like to see them like their first time trying it and that they're so happy. I'm like, oh. it's very validating. It's like inspiring to watch them just like yeah. have that, like that immediate uh, sort of, and there's almost a science to it, I imagine, right? Like Technically, yeah, you, you could say that just like with music, like there's a science yeah. to melodies and keys to like what hit songs are you know so there is a science to a lot of different things i mean definitely a science to making a good recipe i'll tell you that <laughs> that is so cool well, i love that you continue to inspire and that you continue to just whatever you touch it's a feel good a happy to do. yeah you know like it's it. like uh it's like i need a, I, what's, like you're a great first song in the morning because you get me right in a good headspace if i if i watch too much like walking dead maybe i need a little like dip it low at the end yeah. so i can like Wash my brains yeah. from the uh... and, then, and then like give me, you can have a beignet at the end of the day too. Yeah, just yeah, like, it's great. Let's give you something a little sugar rush. Feel good. <laughs> but just hysterical thinking of me going to bed singing "Dip It Low," having a sugar rush. I, oh my, my boyfriend gosh. will certainly appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, congratulations on everything. We didn't even talk about being a mom and the amazingness that like you've been able to accomplish in your own life. So I know that there's like veils and veils and layers of like yeah. things that you just go through but like I love that you still just show up and this smile and like oh, yeah. <laughs> my trainer says it. he's like you just come in you're always smiling I'm like well I don't know any better I just always like I don't know I'm just happy I'm happy about life I've always been I'm like I feel so blessed and like you said now I've got a family I've got three kids now I never would have imagined like there's so many things that like I always throw back my brain to like just being a teenager or just being like a kid and just dreaming about the things that I do now. So that's gives me so much appreciation in the moment because I'm like, gosh, I remember just thinking someday I want to be this or do this or something. And I actually thought I would be much older. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm still looking pretty good and I'm accomplishing these things. Like I just didn't know that I would be able to get there or that or, you know, if I turn the page, what it was going to lead to. It's got to be so cool to have, especially because how your how your daughter Violet, is. She's eleven now. Eleven. Yeah. I mean, how old were you when you started in this? I, industry? I mean, in the industry, I think like when I first started booking jobs, I was like ten, eleven years old. Uh, so she's like, is she picking up on it? Is she? 
I mean, she's she's got something there. Violet is just got a she's got a natural uh, spark to her. Um, she has asked me before about like taking an acting or going to auditions. And I was like, well, before you even do that, first off, school is very important, so focus on school. And number two, I'll take you to an acting class so you could see what it's like because I'm not just gonna throw you to the wolves. So she did some classes yeah. and she was pretty good at it and everything. But she's also like the queen of like trying everything. Like then she was in dance class and then after that she was in gymnastics. Like so, but people have actually come to me recently asking me like if Violet has an interest in that. And to me, oh, I'm like, fine. it's up to Violet. You know, if Violet dreams it and she really like, that's what I knew I wanted to do. Like I dreamt it. Like if that's her passion, then I would definitely support her. Like no matter what. She's going to come back from a, a commercial or, or a casting or, or booking something. She's going to come back one day from set and she's going to be like, mommy, I want to be a manager. <laughs> she <laughs> said that to my mom. No, she, I can imagine. I, I see the relationship. Wants to be a manager. <laughs> I see it because she's very, you know, she's very organized. I see that she shows up. She's like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> oh, she's just got. She's just got. Uh, she's got. A, <laughs> it's semi-organized. Okay, we're doing pretty good. I'm in her room, by the way. <laughs> that's funny. That's hysterical. No, um, well, she's, she's got some good influences around her to be able to take some notes. I mean, I think we got things covered. Even talking about, I have uh, Step Up coming up on Stars in the next couple months. I actually don't know when it's going to drop, but I'm excited about it. Um, that's a whole new. Did you record that? Before. I did. Did you record, record that during the during during the pandemic break or before? Uh it was this year. I was actually pregnant. Right. It was like up to my ninth month so technically you're actually pregnant for almost like 10 months so i literally was filming all the way up to th the like three weeks before i was having my baby and then and by the way on the show i'm not pregnant so imagine like all the the magic that they had to do filming from like here up but i'm dying to see what i look like i probably look like i have a big old swollen face and i'm like <sighs> breathing like i'm like <laughs> over you know nobody's gonna know that i'm actually was pregnant but i was <laughs> She's but really I was out of breath. Huh? Up to the last second, yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited about it because it's a role I've never done before. This one's a little bit more. It's way more drama. It's not comedy, so let's just say it's it brings the drama. It's like uh, urban, like soap opera. It's good. This is something you're doing all in the, the third season. Yeah. So it's um, Star's first season. It used to be on YouTube Red. And then mm -hmm. stars picked it up, so this will be the first season on um, on stars. But they've already played season one and two on stars, like the streaming network. But now this is going to be on television. So, so Neo cool. is in it. Um, we have a lot of really great other actors that are all in it. Um, that I just had a really good time working with them, and uh, I dance. There's a little bit of dancing in there that I do, but there's it's about dance, and then the rest of it's just all about the drama. It's good. It's juicy. I love I it. I can't wait. It. Yeah. Yeah. We need more. We need yeah. more. Like resort I, to love is just if that's just the tip of the iceberg. The tip more, of, right? Yes. Okay. That's just the tip. Oh, well, I want to hear more music. Um, so I want to hear more music, which means you got to get back to work. Let's start. Okay. Uh, I love seeing you in film. So can you put more music in your films and let's just do all that together? That would That's just the plan. be the happiest person. Uh, I'm taking notes. Yes. I'll You're do that. so wonderful. I love you so much. You are so you powerful. Too, I'm so happy for you. You've been listening to I Have a Podcast with Vinny Podestiva. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please find us at IHaveAPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.